Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Killer Cocktails. This week we are drinking the Gin Buck. Tasty. This is very, I think you said it, summery drink. Very summery. You have at least three times now said, I really like this. (laughs) (laughs) I think, okay, as soon as it gets a little warmer, this is going to be my go-to cocktail this year. This is the the summer drink of Drea? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Jim Buck. I'm behind it. Yeah. Tell us about the Jim Buck. Sure. (laughs) If everyone's like waiting, like, what is that? (laughs) Uh, The Jim Buck is uh, one and a half ounces of gin. You're going to take juice of half a lemon and mm-hmm. put that in there. And then you're going to fill the rest of the glass with ginger ale. And it's just super simple, super fresh ingredients. And it's not too sweet, which is awesome. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. So this started out, we were going to do a different drink mm-hmm. that involved ginger beer. And I think we've mentioned this previously on the podcast that somebody in town told us about this really great I misunder I misremembered what they said. I thought they were talking about ginger beer. They were talking about ginger ale. So I went down to Deschutes Public Ale House and mm-hmm. I was like and I ran into someone that I know and I was like, Hey, I'm here for I hear that you guys have ginger ale, ginger beer. And they corrected me and said ginger ale. And they were like, Yeah and they like made this like strained face where I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to work out. And then uh, I said, you guys don't have it on tap anymore? Because they had it on tap. I brought a little growlette. I was the gonna, ginger ale. Yeah. And okay. I was going to try and, like, charm them into letting <laughs> me have a growlette of it. Because it's just for in the public house. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to take it away. Oh, got it, got it. And I was just going to try and convince them otherwise. And they were like, it's not on tap anymore. Like, we still have the fresh made syrup. But now we just make it to order. So oh. you take the syrup. And they do exactly what we did. And then you add bubble water to it. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, how do I go about getting that syrup? And then they were like, we got you. <laughs> and and then I was like, all right. So then because they were nice, I was like, I'll stay and have a beer. And then I had a pretzel and it was great. So we have fresh, made from scratch, ginger ale. Mm-hmm. And it's good. It's so good. And then you have your own bubble stream. I've got a soda stream. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. And then we have our sister's gin. Mm-hmm. And that's... So it started this real local thing. So I was going to get, I think, beef eater gin, or I was going to branch out and get something. I think we had Gordon's last time. Is that what we had? We had the sapphire. Gordon's sapphire. So mm-hmm. I was going to get something different. And then when I was there, I was like, ooh, I got... It was like a straight up when I get trapped by wine labels. Yeah. Because that's how I choose wine. I'm like, that's a cool label. <laughs> um, beautiful picture of South Sister. Yeah. And then I started reading the back, and it just spoke to all the... You know, Deschutes, Blibbity Blop, and Juniper Berries, and mm-hmm. <laughs> all the all the great little Central Oregon things. Yeah, this is a very Central Oregon cocktail we made. Obviously, you can use whatever gin and whatever, whatever ginger ale, but this is... If you're in the <clears throat> Pacific Northwest and you could get your hand on some Deschutes ginger ale yeah. and that Sister's Gin, Do I, it to I'd it. say There's a Deschutes it. in Portland, right? They have a... They have a brew house there. I, I believe so. I don't know if they have this magical elixir there, but yeah. worth looking into, Portland fans. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so let's jump into the history of the Jim Buck. The Jim Buck belongs to a family of of historically um, mixed drinks that are involved like ginger ale, ginger beer, citrus juice, and any number of base liquor. liquor so. so a buck consists of a ginger, either beer or ale, mm-hmm. and a citrus, either lime, a lemon, something mm-hmm. like that. And then... The gin. 
And then it would be a gin buck, a vodka buck, mm-hmm. a rum buck. And then this also goes into the mule family. So you, you got your Moscow yeah, mule. Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar. Um, so yeah, that's the family it comes from. Um, gin buck is also known as a London buck. Oh. Yes. Uh, I also saw that it could be referred to as a uh, Ginger Rogers, named after the American actress. Okay. But that one has, um, I want to say, mint in it. And okay. so I, I thought that one wasn't too close to okay. home for us. Um, but again, Jim Buck is also known as London Buck. Um, it was invented in the 1920s by Harry uh, Craddock at the famous Savoy Hotel. Mm. It is basically... Like we said, those three ingredients. Yeah. And that's your history of the Jim Buck. I like it. <laughs> yeah. If if you enjoy Moscow Mules, which mm-hmm. had a crazy resurgence, and then I think people liked that drink when we did it, um, if you liked it, mm. try the Jim Buck. You're going to like I think one. you'll be a fan. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, this cat is on my lap, and I love it. However, he purrs real loud. And I feel like... There's going to be dogs whining upstairs, a cat purring in my lap. Okay, I'm sorry. We forgot to announce this. Uh, My house currently has two, three, four, four dogs. They took one with them. Five. It usually has five dogs. (laughs) Not usually. Right now. No, yeah. It's insane. And so they are barking up a storm upstairs where no one's murdering them. They're fine. They have toys. They have treats. They just don't have a human in the room with them. (laughs) Cuddling their faces. They're fine. Um, Okay. So I think it's about murder time. Murder time. Do you want to go, Jackie? You're super <coughs> stoked to tell me. This story is good. Okay. This takes place in a very small, historic seaport town. The name of that town is Mystic, Connecticut. Ooh. Did you, did you ever see the that 80s movie or 90s movie? Uh, 80s. Mystic Pizza? That sounds familiar. It's got Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. It's like back in like early Julia Roberts days. Um... This, oh, I don't have the date that this, I want to say, I'm going to say 2003, early aughts. Early aughts. Um, A second grade teacher named Leslie Buck. Leslie, nope. Leslie Uh. Buck. There's my tie. (laughs) Oh, Buck, okay. (laughs) Leslie Buck was kidnapped. Oh, no. On a Thursday night. The teacher escaped from the kidnapper. Okay. She gets away. That same night. That same night. Okay. She goes to school the next day. What? Because she felt safe there. She was all in a dither and she was like, I just want to be at school. I want to be she around got, the kids. Did she get nabbed at home? or She, she got, got nabbed at home. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, Charles Buck, so her husband. Okay. Charles said that his wife told him that Kirby, so Kirby's the guy who kidnapped her. They knew him. Okay. That Kirby attacked her in the garage as she returned home from a teaching function on Thursday. So let's say she was at like an open house or a parent night or whatever. He sneaked up on her and shot her with a stun gun. Ah. Oh. And then threw her in the trunk of his car. Ah. Oh. No. Um, his wife told him that Kirby drove her around to his, like to his house, made her lie down on the couch. She was terrified that she was going to be assaulted yeah he didn't he then told her to get back into the car they drove around for a while like back in the trunk or back no like in the like passenger seat okay then they're driving around and while they're driving around he's allegedly telling her um your husband owes me money i did a bunch of landscaping work for him and he owes me money so this guy they knew him he lived across the street 
either at the time or previously in either a garage or like a mother-in-law unit but like they knew him he would do like yard work and little like chores around the house for them and they'd pay him money um buck said he didn't know so this is now the husband he's like i don't know what that whole story was about he i definitely didn't owe him any money he would do stuff for us like he'd do little chores he'd mow the grass um but i'd never heard him complain that i owed him any money and now he's suddenly kidnapping my wife over it yeah so the wife sees her chance so they pull up to like a stop he's having uh car issues so he like pulls over and gets out to like investigate like pops the hood and he's gonna check it out she's in the passenger seat she had a um she slides over in the seat she had a hidden key in her purse because they're in her car oh oh, oh, okay i don't don't think i told you that part so uh she was tied up she had loosened the ropes and then she had slid over and she had a spare key and she like starts (gasps) the car yes and like gets away from him yeah so she straight up saves herself from this bizarre kidnapping and he's like looking in the hood at the yeah and says, oh my god so she's in the garage gets stun gun dragged in taken in a trunk to his house put on a couch freaks out then he's like mm, never mind not so scary let me just drive around and complain about your husband for a while yeah. then she gets loose from these ropes steals the car back and takes off yeah so they arrest Kirby Friday morning. So he's arrested. Her captor is arrested. She's shaken up and she's like, I'm going to go to school. This is normal for me. So then she is at school. The principal, I think it's the principal or somebody like an administrator um, on Friday. Like now he feels terrible. He said something like, uh, well, it can only go up from here, Leslie. Like that oh. was horrible. <laughs> but like things can only improve. Yeah. Saturday. Oh, no. No. Guy's arrested. Guy's in jail. Yeah. Saturday, her husband says that they talked in the morning that she was super bent out of shape with him. And she was like blaming him saying, I told you not to have that weirdo guy do chores at our house. We've already fought about this previously. Um, So she's kind of pissed at him and like scared and nervous and her emotions are everywhere. And he's... I guess I don't know what attitude he has on Saturday, but he leaves midday. He's like, I'm going to go to the office. He's a volunteer firefighter, but he also like uh, runs an electrical business. Like he's an electrician, I think. So he's like, I'm going to head to my office. I'm going to do some billing and stuff and I'll see you later. So that's his story. He comes home in the evening and finds her dead at the bottom of the (gasps) stairs. What? And she's been beaten. (gasps) But dude's in jail. Dude's in jail. Oh, God. So, like, seven years go by. What? They just don't... It's an unsolved... Do they it's think a it was, cold case. They didn't think it was an accident. They knew something happened. They knew something happened. They, they can't figure they it out. They can't really blame this Kirby guy, because he's... And the husband has a was major alibi. Husband was at work. Okay. And it just kind of becomes a cold case. Oh, no. So, it's a cold case for seven years. Then in 2010... They're like, um, you fucking killed your wife. <gasps> what? Your alibi doesn't stand up. Nobody saw you. Like, you said all this stuff, but none of that. Like, we've punched holes in all of that. Yeah. And there's this gal who starts spouting off who is a bartender at a local pub. No. And she's like, this dude's been giving me money. <gasps> 
He's bought me a house. There's a really great video on YouTube of this guy and his mistress on Dr. Phil. What? And they are, it is so like in this hyperbob. Yeah. This is in like 2010. What? Where he's like, I don't know what she's talking about. She's making all this stuff up. And she's like, this guy spent about 300 grand on me. <laughs> and it's like, the, it's so, it's so 2010, Dr. Phil. Oh my God. So she's saying, he told me that day, like Saturday morning, that he wanted to run away with me, that we were going to have this whole, like, and he bought her all sort like, were they having a sexual relationship? Yeah. Okay. I, I think. Yes. I'm almost positive. Okay. Um, so then she's saying he's spent all this money on me, that we're going to run away together, that... And he has a shit ton of money. He's buying her these, like, fancy oriental rugs and, like... Nothing says love. Like an, <laughs> like oriental, an oriental rug. rug. <laughs> <laughs> so then she kind of throws a wrench into everything. And I don't know at what point if she's unknown early on or if they just don't think it's a bit, but I think that's a big part of the 2010 is like, you have this mistress. There's a total reason for you to kill your wife. Yeah. And so they met prior to the, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, he was at, he didn't like, Oh, she's the one who busts his alibi. She's like, he wasn't at work. He was at the bar and he left the bar and oh. then suddenly found his wife dead oh. after telling me we're going to run away together. Yeah. And then everyone's like, "Okay, so you knew Kirby, you hired Kirby to kidnap your wife and then like she got away." So then 2 days later you murder her. Shit. Is the narrative that people yeah. are kind of painting. So he goes to trial. He chooses to not have a jury of his peers. He chooses to have a judge jury. Okay. And it, it's In what circumstance are you allowed to I don't know. That. That, I think you're always. Oh, I don't really know. I think it depends on the state. Okay. And the charges. I'm not. I don't really. I, it is interesting enough that I was like, ooh, I had the same curiosity. Yeah. And I haven't answered my curiosity. <laughs> we'll Google it. Um, later. But I, I imagine you're talking to your lawyer or you're talking to one of those like jury specialists. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, given all this, it looks really bad. We don't think you can convince a jury. But. It, the evidence is circumstantial. Like, we think we can convince judges that there isn't... You know what I mean? Like, Enough you play to... Stick, to yeah. I can get the emotions out of these people, or I can get the oh, law gosh. out of these people. So I don't I don't know when you would decide, or when you get yeah. to decide. But he tells a jury of judges, and he is acquitted. What? He is found not guilty. Oh, shit. So, when he's on Dr. Phil, he's been found innocent. <gasps> or not guilty, rather. Does the Dr. Phil bring that up in the episode? Yeah, and the way, like, Dr. Phil, like, intros it... It's like he's not guilty. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I guess legally you're not guilty. Um, so then all of that kind of blows up. And then in 2013, I think, he fell off a roof and died. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was just like on his roof. Like, fell off a roof and died. The glutter gutters. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Yeah. And where's the mistress in all this? She's just out there snapping <laughs> her fingers and <laughs> being aggressive. Oh, my God. So, so like, this poor second grade teacher. Yeah. Did they have kids? I don't think so. Okay. And then, like, so then he sold the house that they were in mm -hmm. to his lawyers. What? Yeah. I kind of thought that was strange, too. And then he kind of lives a more mild-mannered life. He's in a different house. But he has these, like, classic cars. So, like, people will see him out, like, driving his classic cars every yeah. once in a while before he fell off the roof and died. And... He kept his business and like, I guess it took a little bit of a hit, but continued yeah. to run his business. And then when the lawyers went to sell the house, he went there 
and wanted things from it. And the people who bought it were like, get out of here. Yeah. And they got really upset. And then oh. he got upset that they got upset. Why didn't he just and take And he was like, I lived there with the love of my life for okay. 37 years. And I... 37 years? Yeah. Oh, my She was God. 57 when she died. Oh. And he was like, I want, you know, I'm making this up, but like, I want those bar stools or I want the. Why didn't you take that to begin with, who buddy? Knows? Oh, who my knows? What an asshole. Does she have life insurance? I don't know. the. I don't know the life insurance yeah, yeah, yeah. part of it. What a dickwad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's insane. And he just slipped and fell Off on accident. I don't know. Where was the mistress? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, dude, Jackie, that's crazy. Isn't that a wild one? Yeah. Poor teacher. Poor teacher. Yeah. Yeah, like a rock band. Like, you know, that's sad. Yeah. Because then when they found, when the administrators found out about her death, I think they found out on Saturday. Yeah. Um, they called each family Ugh. and like told the parents so they knew. And then I think they brought in a, you know, what a came, sub. What came of the neighbor? Did he never <clears throat> admit to being hired by the husband? He's still in jail. For he, something? He, yeah, he went away for, what was at least 10, so this was back in 2010. He was on a 15-year sentence. He might be getting out. From the kidnapping? Yeah. Like wow. He, he 100% kidnapped her. Yeah. And I, I think there's a couple other charges to that. And so he was definitely found guilty of all that. of that. Yeah. So part of, I think, where did I read this? Somewhere they were saying that um, originally why the husband wasn't charged with murder is that they were trying to say it was residual injuries from being kidnapped. That he did... Hurt her, hurt her, and she slipped. and she had a head injury because he when he stun gunned her, he smashed her head ah. into the concrete of the garage ah. floor. Yeah. So they're saying that then she like had a concussion. She didn't see anybody about it. She was just freaked out about the whole thing and went to school and went to went, school. Yeah, went to work. Oh and God. then on Saturday, they're like she succumbed to those injuries because the, the coroner, the medical examiner, couldn't say what the cause of death fatal, was it was yeah. Kind of, yeah and so it kind of got lumped into the head injury from the kidnapping oh. and that was part of why they were like ah uh. so iffy for so long yeah and then when they were uh putting the husband through the trial they were saying um that her injuries were and like we all watched the staircase and like the fire pokers say, and all it was an stuff. owl yeah <laughs> they, <laughs> my favorite theory um that the injuries were congruent with uh like the kind of piping you use for electrical work mm. that you would like run because he would carry that around with him oh. and told people like, you need to beat somebody down. Like carry one of these with you. If you have I- issues, bop somebody in the skull. What an and idiot. So then like it's being spun at his murder trial of like, he knowingly carries around <laughs> this weapon, told people to bop people on the head with it. And here's his wife with a head bop. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. So, Found him, you know, found not, not guilty, and he has since passed away. Yeah. So all of this is an alleged story. Alleged, yeah. Yes. Allegedly. Mm. But interesting nonetheless. Yeah. I That's wild that they went on Dr. Phil. Yeah. That like, was when I, when you were, like, taking photos <laughs> over there. I was like, oh, I gotta watch the video. I never watched the video. And I was like, this is crazy. I think that just kind of, you know, plays into how he was mentally, what, you know? What, yeah. So then once he did Dr. Phil... Then he wanted to go on Judge Judy, and he wanted to sue, I think, the people that wouldn't give him the stuff from his house. Yeah. And he was like, I now have experience on television. I know how it works. Like, he wrote this crazy letter <laughs> or email where everyone's like, okay, buddy. Yeah. 
what I was laughing at over here when I started to watch the video was he does this like hard blink thing like <laughs> oh Robert Durst like Robert Durst <laughs> and I was like oh so like old men murderers just like to blink just, real hard just, oh, just blink it away they but can't... I just thought that was funny oh jeez yeah if you guys haven't watched the Robert Durst documentary on it's HBO the best document one of the best documentaries it, ever made the last the best it, payoff so much twist like so many twists the last episode is so worth it's it it's kind of slow it is I mean that's how they worth usually it. go oh god so worth it mm-hmm. definitely go check that out um okay I think we're gonna take a quick break because I want another one because these are so good <laughs> <laughs> okay hey guys welcome back you guys have been here the whole time, but we are back. Our breaks make me laugh every time I edit. Every time. We need it. If you guys All right, have... we'll be right back. We're back. We're back. And... If you guys have a suggestion of what we can put in there. I've thought about, like, just do, like, ice clink for da, a minute. Da, da, just some little. Da, 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 da. Put me in there. Yeah. Put me in, coach. I'm oh, ready. No. no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> but anywho, we're back from our break. We have a new drink. I don't know if you know this, but Jim Bucks are tasty. <laughs> Drea? I think we were talking about this off air. It, it tastes like lemonade. Yeah. Like bubbly lemonade. It's real nice. Because you cannot taste the gin. We decided that this is not an aggressive gin. <laughs> it's not an aggressive gin. Like when you... It's sm- very palatable. When you smell it, it's not harsh to the nostrils. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a sense of smell, but <laughs> when I attempted to smell it, it was not super harsh. Yeah. And I have a normal person nose, so yeah. It, yeah, it did not accost me. All right. Um, okay, I'm going to jump into my murder. I'm going to tell you about Gordon Frederick Cummins, a.k.a. the Blackout Ripper. What? Yes. I, my mind is racing with how that nickname could be attributed to him, so go ahead. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, Gordon was born Can in... Can I guess? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to guess the year. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're about to tell me when he's born. I guess I can handle that. If I'm being a psychic, mm-hmm. the year 1860. Um. How far off am I? You you said what? 1860. He was born in 1914. Damn. <laughs> I'm off by a lot. But, but I mean, it's kind of in the same it's vein. old. You know who's uh, around, probably around 1860 to 1888? Jack the Ripper. That's probably where my mind went. Mm. I read a really great book a long time ago about a theory about who he was. H.H. H. Holmes? That he, no. Oh. That he was a prominent, he was from a, like a high family mm-hmm. that had been to medical school but wasn't a surgeon. Like he failed out for being a weirdo or I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But I remember being like, oh, because he had surgical precision and blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. But it was an engaging book. I was reading a thing where there's a theory where Jack the Ripper was getting really hot over in London, so he took a boat over to America. The land of opportunity. H.H. Holmes. I can't wait. The the timeline does not match up It doesn't work. Yeah. It's like Ted Cruz being (laughs) the Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. The Zodiac is Ted Cruz. There's no way that's possible. Um, I can't wait. I heard a rumor of it, and now I feel like it's not happening. There's supposed to be a Leonardo DiCaprio movie for H.H. Holmes. No, I remember hearing that. What's the deal? I mean, I think they're still in production. All right, okay. I mean, this Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron that's coming out, I've heard about that for at least two years. No, you have not. Yes, I have. No, I don't know. I have no concept of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I think movies happen faster than you think unless it's an animated movie or one where the script is dragging through. But once they start making Play a movie, animation. it's so expensive. The actual from starting to film to edit, I think it's a relatively quick turnaround. Yeah. All right. I, I can don't easily know what Google I'm talking it. about. <laughs> we both just talk out of our asses. Okay. We're going to go back to Gordon. That was my, I'm going to like cool it for a, a little bit on the interruptions. I'm going to listen. I got through the first word last time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Gordon was born in New Earswick, which is four hours north of London. New Earswick. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, he claimed that he was the illegitimate son of a titled member of the uh, pre-age. Pre-age? Peerage. P-E-E-R-A-G-E. Peerage. Uh, so the peerage is a legal system in the United Kingdom that is made up of various noble people. Some sort of class system that doesn't exist anymore? Uh, I think it's kind of around still is what I was kind of reading. Right. I'm not sure. <clears throat> Anywho, so Gordon's like, that's where I'm from. I have all this. I'm fancy. I know I'm not fancy, but me. like, believe me, I'm fancy. Yeah, I'm fancy. I'm so fancy. <laughs> okay. So he was good looking, well educated, and uh, he married a theater producer's secretary in 1936. Um, okay. However, he uh, was still known to sleep around with other women. Okay. When World War II began in September 1939, he enlisted in the Royal Air Force. He was uh, popular with his messmates, though some thought he was very pretentious. He claimed to be the Honorable Gordon Cummins, which got him the nickname of the Duke or the Count. Hmm. And he would talk with a fake upper class drawl. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Everyone's just rolling their eyes when this guy's talking. <laughs> oh, here's Duke again. Um, because of World War II, London would turn off um, all their streetlights and keep their buildings super dark oh, at night. Oh, I like it. Yes. Um, they, they did this by painting their windows, and they'd use, like, really thick curtains. This was um, to protect yourself from nighttime... From aerial yeah. bombings from the German army. Because if they what could see... What a time! Right? Could you imagine? So, if, like, you're an trying aerial to make, bombing... You're trying to make your town dark. Yeah. Because otherwise, they'll see the light. If they see one light, they are going to... They know where their target is. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and so... Even if a sliver of light was seen through your house, you could get either a heavy fine or mm-hmm. you'd have to go to court because they weren't messing around. Like, this yeah. is life or death for this entire city. Okay. So, when uh. bombs did fall on London, people would take refuge in cellars, underground train stations, and public air raid shelters. Yeah. Uh, so, during all this craziness, our friend Gordon, who was 28 years old... Has a dark playground. <laughs> yes. Ew. Literally. He decided to go on a rampage for six days in February 1942. So, on the morning of Sunday, February 9th, the body of Evelyn Hamilton, who was a teacher, was discovered in an air raid shelter in Montague Place in the Marylebone. Well, I did that wrong. Marylebone District. She was in her early 40s. Um, she had been strangled. Her handbag was missing, and there were no signs of sexual assault or physical abuse. Hmm. Uh, the killer had either placed her in the shelter after she had died, or attacked her once he had her alone in there. Mm-hmm. On she had been strangled. <clears throat> she had been strangled. Uh, but besides that, the body hadn't been um, yeah. tampered with. On Monday, February tenth, um, Evelyn Oatley, who was uh, thirty-five years old, was found dead in her Wardour Street apartment in the Soho district. Evelyn had been an actress, but during the war, that mm-hmm. work kind of um, fizzled out, so she had to become a sex worker to kind of oh. earn a wage. The actual cause of death <clears throat> was strangulation, but her throat had been cut. 
She was naked and her body had been sexually mutilated with a flashlight, a razor blade, and a can opener. That's quite the escalation. Mm-hmm. Um, the can opener was found in her apartment, covered in blood. Within the blood were fingerprints that led detectives to determine the killer was left-handed. So wait, 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 wait. I, I don't know if you have an image of a can opener in your head. Yeah. This is the can opener. Oh, it's an old school can opener. Isn't that barbaric looking? Yes and no. Like, yes, I see where your head's at. That also to me is like the simplest can opener that you would take camping. Yeah. It's the kind where you literally go like, wonk, 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 wonk. Yeah. And you have you puncture all the punctures and you don't get to crank. Uh, but see, in my head, when he was mutilating the body with the can opener I had, I was like, <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. Was, well, that was what went through my head at first. Yes. But after seeing this photo, it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And we'll put this on the, the Instagram for you guys. Um, so on the next day, Tuesday, February 11th, Margaret Florence Lau, who was in her early 40s, was murdered in her apartment on Gossfield Street. And just to let you guys know, I kind of looked up all these different areas. Mm-hmm. He's working within a, a very small with a two mile radius, except okay. for one where it's kind of four miles out. But essentially, he's in this one little area in London. Um, and all like a couple days from each other. Day after one right after the other. Yeah, it's it starts on the ninth, I believe. Ninth. Oh, ninth, tenth. Yeah. OK, OK. Um, so what was he doing? How I always wonder what did you do up until that moment? Yeah. And like, did you start killing people at 40? What were you doing when you were 32? Well, he's 20. He's 28. I'm making this up. I, oh, the age oh, was made up. Oh, but yeah. Okay, we'll call it. So he's younger. Mm-hmm. So he's 20. Yeah. Yeah. But what's 20 year old version of this guy? Yeah. Well, and like, he's married. He's in the Air Force. So he's having to go to the barracks and do There's like, like normal stuff. life stuff he has to do. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um. So. So, Margaret, she was a, a widow who had become a sex worker yeah. during the war, again, to pay her bills and send her child to boarding school. She had been strangled with a silk stocking and mutilated with both a knife and a razor blade. Her body was not discovered until three days later. Mm. The pathologist Bernard um, Spilsbury stated after examining this victim's body that the murderer was a savage sexual maniac. The similarities between the killings and mutilations convinced the police that the same killer was responsible. Yeah. So now that they're seeing a serial killers on the on the how house. did they determine that they were left handed based on the fingerprints? I think by the way, like if I oh the articulation of yes exactly okay yeah. Uh, on Wednesday, February twelfth, so the next day, yeah. Doris uh, Jonette, who was in her late thirties, early forties, was murdered in her apartment in the Paddington district that she shared with her husband. Um, Doris Where was, was the husband. Uh, he is the landlord of the place that they are of okay. the apartment building. Um, but Doris was known for picking up servicemen oh. in the um, Lee Leicester Square. Okay, she had been strangled with a scarf and sexually mutilated on Friday. So is he probably finding these women out working? Yeah, and then well, going back to their houses and killing them. Yeah, so I think. Minus the first one, who was yeah. a teacher. But I he think, found her in a public place. Like, she was yes. the only one left in a public place. Yes. I think he's finding easy victims. Uh-huh. And uh, I think back then with sex work, you go back to your own apartment and that is your office. Stranger danger. Yeah. Um, which is really, like, there wasn't enough security for them yeah. back then. There's no, like, red light district. I feel like that they mm. could have worked in. There might have been, but I, I'm not sure. Um, on Friday, February 14th, Gordon met Greta Hayward, and they went out for drinks. But when she attempted to go home, Gordon insisted on coming with her. 
Greta tried to run away, but it was pitch dark because of the mandatory blackout. Mm. And Gordon caught up to her and pushed her against a shop doorway and started to strangle her. Ah. Greta passed out. Knee him in the groin, Greta. Well, Greta's now passed out. But before that. Okay. Um, But a delivery boy who happened to be passing heard the commotion (gasps) and came over to see what was going on. See something, say something. Exactly. Gordon saw the boy and ran off, but he accidentally left his Royal Air Force issued gas mask at the scene. What? Wait, wait, what? (laughs) I'm going to need you to rewind time. Okay. I need you to remember that they were on a date together. And that he had a gas mask with him. No, I think he was just out and they fe- they met up and then they started having drinks. I think you need to remember the time. At any point in time, there can be an air raid. So you need to have your gas mask on you. It's the time of the I prime, will, Jackie. <laughs> I will accept that reasonable response. Because <laughs> otherwise... It's fucking weird. You, yeah. you meet up with a dude from Tinder and he shows up with a gas mask? He has his phone. He has his gas I'm mask. I'm talking the to table. the bartender and being like, I'm going to need you to call me a cab and watch me get into it. I need you to call me an Uber right now. Okay. I don't need this guy knowing what my car looks like. <laughs> um, um, so... The gas mask that he left behind was marked with a serial number okay. because he's part of the military. That's attributed to him. Yes. Because it was issued to him. It's issued to him, and it's 525-987, which is, is his... To me? Nope, but I thought it was interesting that we knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> you were giving me this like, look like, yep, put the, make the connection, make the connection. I was like, He Ooh. tattooed it on the bot. No, he didn't. Okay. Uh, so the number was traced back to Gordon. Yes. Wait. Oh, this is what a... What a Rookie move. <laughs> but even as the police were working on the lead, he was already tracking down his yeah. next victim. Uh, so Gordon met a sex worker named Catherine McCauley, and they took a taxi to her apartment near the Paddington Rail Station. On the way there, he gave her five pounds for the interaction they were about to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they got to her apartment, she started to remove her clothes, but Catherine noticed a strange look come over Gordon's face. <gasps> And that's when Gordon grabbed Catherine by the throat and started to strangle her. Um, but Catherine had kept her boots on because she was cold and she hadn't finished stripping yet. And so she kicked Gordon so hard in the shins that he released her. Dude! Yes. And she was like, uh-uh-uh, not today. And Gordon got up, composed himself, and ran out before he did. But before he did, he threw another five pounds at her. I was like, I'm out of here! <laughs> um, so he fucking bolts and he... Um, you know, in the thralls of everything, he leaves his belts behind. This dude is just dropping shit. But, like, I don't know. He's just, like, killing out of nowhere. Like, I feel like there's no... Do you think he no... knew that he had lost his mask? Like, is he so unaware and he's just, like, on this, now I'm gonna murder this person? Or do you think he's like, ooh, I'm probably gonna get caught for that, but, like, let's keep going? I think... I don't know where his head's he at. He had to have known that the mask could link back to him. Yeah. But I guess he's he... not a dumbo. Yeah. But I think he was like, well... Let's get a couple more in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in it. To win it. Okay. So, uh, police finally caught up with Gordon. However, he had a perfect alibi. His name was in the booking out book at the Air Force area as having returned before midnight all week. Why? Who's saying that? Um, well, you know, you, you check in, you write your name, and then you go well, back into the barracks. this is just honor system? Mm-hmm. This isn't like a, like a punch clock? <laughs> so this was earlier than the times when... If I'm a, de- if I'm a detective in mm-hmm. 1943, or mm-hmm. whenever this is, 42. We're in like 49 now, I think. Okay, so if I'm a detective... 42. Back in the day. Uh-huh. I'm not going to accept a honor system 
sign in sign out as an alibi but won't you no no i mean i'm super into true crime and i know that people are liars but i would think the detectives are also into true crime and aware of liars <laughs> that yeah because you wrote down what time you came home mm-hmm. means nothing to me but there's a man sitting there when you check in i missed that part okay but then why is it not accurate well here we go Okay. Maybe if I didn't interrupt and listened. (laughs) No, it's fine. You were just so excited about my story. I am always so excited. That's, I mean, you should take it as a compliment. Oh, I do. That I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yes. Um, Okay. So he's signing in. It's all before midnight, which is earlier than the times when Evelyn, Margaret, and Doris had been killed. Oh, so he's not lying about when he got back. They just have the... No, 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 no. He's saying he got back at 10 and these women were killed at like one in the morning so he's like obviously back according to this book i don't understand okay however just one more sentence and you (laughs) you will know the answer (laughs) however they did some more digging and found out that it was standard practice for airmen to sign each other in and out and that one night gordon had left with another airman through a fire escape after checking in so it's all just everyone thinks these are just He's just tying one on. It's mm-hmm. my buddy. I yeah, don't think yeah. he's out there murdering gals. No, no, no. So Gordon was searched and a cigarette case belonging to Margot was found in his pocket. Mm. He had also taken a fountain pen belonging to Doris. And his... The taking of shit. It's so mm-hmm. common. And fingerprints matched those found on the can opener in Evelyn's apartment. Wow. <clears throat> on February 16th, the police <clears throat> arrested Gordon in the St. John's Wood District. On April 27th, Gordon was tried for the murder a murder of Evelyn Oatley. He was charged with only one murder, presumably so that the authorities could immediately charge him with any of the other three homicides in the unlikely event of an acquittal in the Oatley case. Okay. So they wanted to lock him up yeah, no yeah, matter yeah. what. The trial lasted only one day, and the jury took only 35 minutes to find Gordon guilty of the murder of Evelyn. He was sentenced to death by hanging. On June 25th, the quote-unquote blackout ripper mm-hmm. was execu- executed at London's uh, Wardsworth Prison. An air raid was in progress over the city as he was led to the gallows. So even an air raid was going Dude. on, and they're like, mm-mm, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, the ripper tag came from similarities with Jack, Jack the, the Ripper, ripper. Uh, murders as both killers mutilated their victims. Um, his violence rivaled that of Jack the Ripper. While Jack the Ripper is known to have killed five women over three months, Gordon's murdered. Uh, yeah. Gordon murdered four women in five nights and would have ki- killed two others if he hadn't gotten him. If yeah. he hadn't been disturbed. Yet, because of the war and the fact that he was caught quickly, neither his crimes nor his victims received the level of attention as Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and Dude. that was Gordon Frederick Cummins. Isn't that wild, though? He never had any history of violence or anything like that. It just, there was no, there's nothing about. How old was he? He's 28. I mean, you're not completely out of the window for. Bipolar. For your brain to flip over. Yeah. It was just like, and there was no history of like a a brain injury or an accident or anything like that. Didn't get like a hatch, didn't crash on his head. (laughs) Yeah. He was just, he was married. He was in the Air Force. It was a time of war and. Maybe he'd always had these fantasies and then took the opportunity because it called to him, you know? It's got to be weird. It's got to be so weird for those parents or family members, like, where you have concerns about someone growing up and then being like, they seem like 
it might be a killer. They seem like, but you don't want to think that about yeah. a loved one. Yeah. And then, I like, let's say you have a kid who's exhibiting certain behaviors and you're super concerned. What can you do? Like, mm-hmm. can you nurture that out of somebody or is that so hardwired yeah and then if you bring it up to said person is that going to put them down yeah because the then it puts it oh, in their brain i'm like, a killer yeah i don't oh mm-hmm. nature versus nurture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. egg or chicken <laughs> oh, a little bit different all right <laughs> um all right guys that's been another week of killer cocktails thanks for tuning into this week's episode of killer cocktails as always on our talent was jackie andrea uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Use coupon code KillerCocktails, that's one word, for 15% off your entire order. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> Okay. We should do some like sound effects recordings. Boop. <laughs> that is not what I meant. You're so strange. Dude, this is good. <laughs> I'm so stoked on this. I probably should have eaten more. Uh.